Devotion for the Dying Mary's Call to Her Loving Children by Mother, Venerable Mother Mary Potter Continuing Chapter 2 Could we but see the look of love which Jesus casts upon the soul when unmindful of itself it prays for the salvation of its neighbor we would indeed try to earn for ourselves that look of love we would make a compact with God that whenever we looked upon a crucifix we would breathe a sigh for a dying sinner that whenever we entered a church we would go to the sacred heart of Jesus enclosed in the tabernacle and knock and pray and beseech him that one drop of blood from that sacred heart may fall upon some dying sinner and that the sacred heart to which we have come may, even while we are in its presence speak comforting words to a soul that died while we were praying died contrite by the grace of our prayers and has received the promise of eternal happiness through the merits of that precious blood of Jesus. Animate yourself by your love for Jesus to pray for those whom he desires to love for all eternity. Give yourself to this work of love by applying to it whatever most moves you to zeal in God's service. We all have some special devotion, but devotion to the sufferings of our Lord and desire to save souls for whom those sufferings were endured must be above all devotions. Others must lead to that. As God's Spirit guides you, dwell at Bethlehem, at Nazareth, in Jerusalem, or on Calvary. In all places, Jesus suffered in body. In all places was his soul athirst with desire to save souls. So must it be with you. Kneel in the cave at Bethlehem. Go up to Mary's knee, and in silent worship gaze upon the babe whom she holds in her arms, whose eyes she turns toward you. Words cannot speak what your soul feels. One look into the incomprehensible eternity of the ever-blessed Trinity, one thought of the ineffable repose of the eternal word in the bosom of the Father, and your gaze remains still upon the Virgin Mother and the Child Divine. Scripture thoughts well up in your mind as you recollect the cry that the saints of old sent up to heaven. Drop down, dew, ye heavens, from above, and let the clouds rain the just one. The heavens have dropped down, dew. The clouds have rained the just one. Let the earth be opened and bud forth a Savior. The earth has opened. A Savior has sprung forth. Mercy and truth have met together. Justice and peace have kissed each other. Truth is sprung out of the earth, and justice hath looked down from heaven. Truly the mercy of God and the truth of his justice have met together in that infant upon whom we are now looking. Wonderfully have his awful justice, his unspeakable peace, embraced and kissed each other in that child that Holy One of God lying upon Mary's arm. God is truth, and truth has sprung out of the earth. God is just, and His justice hath looked down from heaven and exclaimed with ineffable complacency of Him who fulfilled all justice, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. For the Lord shall put forth His goodness, and our land shall yield her fruit.
and God put forth his goodness. He sent forth his Holy Spirit upon our land, upon our own mother, upon Mary, and she brought forth her fruit, even Jesus. He shall judge the world with equity, and the people with his truth. Blessed be our God for his infinite compassion and love. Truly will the world be judged with equity, with perfect justice. But the satisfaction of that justice has been laid upon Jesus, and Jesus, the Word, Truth, Incarnate Truth, will judge the world. He will judge the people with his truth. Let all the angels of heaven adore him. Zion heard and was glad, bending in lowliest adoration, clustering round Mary in wondering love, these majestic, these most beautiful spirits, who in heaven before the throne of the ever-blessed Trinity unceasingly exclaim, Holy, 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 now offer on earth before the throne of Mary their Queen, worship to their Creator, their God, the newborn babe whom they had ever seen in the bosom of his Father in heaven, whom now they saw and adored, resting on the bosom of Mary, his mother on earth. How shall I extol thee, O Holy Mother of God, you exclaim? For he whom the heavens cannot contain rests upon thy bosom. Well may you look from the face of the infant Jesus into the face of Mary his mother and cry with the angels, Who is this? She is not God. She is a creature of God. And yet his mother. She is of pure human nature. She is of our nature but immaculate, and yet she is queen of the angels. Look again upon her as she holds her God in her arms, as the angels worship and pay their adoration for the first time to their God in human form. They are filled with ecstatic joy. They cannot feel sorrow. We love these beautiful spirits, and they too love us. We are ever near them. They are ever watching over and caring for us. They are ministering spirits. They too are looking upon the face of Mary, their queen, wondering at her supereminent prerogatives, rejoicing in them, praising God for them. Wonderful is God in his saints. Yes, but how much more wonderful is God in Mary, the queen of saints. These and many other thoughts pass unconsciously through our minds as in spirit we visit Bethlehem. Thoughts of love, too, for the dear St. Joseph, mingling with our love for the holy angels, distract not our mind from the mother and the child. Inexpressible happiness beams on the face of Mary. Or rather, the beatitude of the blessed seems to radiate from her. The very joy of God is suffused through her whole being. He who is the source of all joy is in her arms. She holds Jesus the precious pearl of the most holy trinity, and possessing him possesses all. Mary's thoughts are too removed for us to think to follow them. But one thing we do know, they were not centered in her own happiness. She forgot not why Jesus had come. She knew that God had been mindful of his mercy and that he had done as he had spoken to her fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. He had come 
the desired of all nations. He had come not for her alone. He had come to save mankind. She offered her Jesus, as heretofore she had offered herself, and though she knew that offering involves suffering, death, yet Mary's love for God, Mary's love for us, were one. And the will of God that Jesus should die to save us from our sins was met by Mary without a single conflicting thought or wish. His will was her will. She could not will aught but what he willed. How different are we from Mary? We struggle over our sacrifices. Grace upon grace goes forth before we give ourselves up to its gentle influence. And a greater part of our religion, our prayers, our communions, are a worship of self. We use God's gifts and graces, not as He intends we should, to benefit the souls of others as well as our own, but as the man did the talent in the parable. We hide them away, make no use of them as far as others' spiritual good is concerned, and they will not profit us in the way or to the extent they might. How shall we learn to be unselfish? We must learn it from Mary. We must study Mary. We must beg of her, her spirit. We must give ourselves entirely to her, and from her we shall learn to say, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. And as the eyes of the handmaid are on the hands of her mistress, so will our eyes be unto the Lord our God. Chapter 3 we shall learn from Mary to seek nothing but the will of God, to regard ourselves not as belonging to ourselves, but as belonging to God, ever ready for any employment He may appoint, be it high or low. We may not know now what our future is to be. We should pray to do God's will in that unknown future. But we should not be over-anxious to know what it is. You are doing God's will now if you are seeking to cooperate with Him in the salvation of mankind. I might startle you if I used a word that is nevertheless used by theologians and said that you are to be co-redemptors with Jesus. Yes, even you, who know yourselves to have been deserving of the internal fires of hell, are nevertheless, by the divine will of God, appointed to a certain work in imitation of Jesus a work for the good of souls. You, the members, must work in union with your head, with Jesus. Do I repeat it to you too often? Ah, but it is necessary. Once get rid of the proprietorship you now feel for yourself and your good works, and then will God, seeing in you so good a disposition for receiving grace, pour forth graces upon you, which you will take as not meant for yourself alone, as so many do. There are many who would say, as Peter said before he was St. Peter, Lord, it is good for us to be here, when God leads them to Mount Tabor. And they forget that it is not there they can be like Jesus, and that it is not good to wish to remain there, but that it is good, from the glimpses that God gives them of his glory, to wish that others too may see and feel as they feel. This has been taken from 
Devotion for the Dying, Mary's Call to Her Loving Children, by Venerable Mother Mary Potter, published by Tan Books. For more information, call 1-800-437-5876 or on the web at www.tanbooks.com. This work is in the public domain.